Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen. I head up branding at Ballard. We are your hosts. Today we have a very special guest. You may have heard us on her podcast a couple months ago. We have Luann Nagara of A Well-Designed Business. Her, her podcast focuses on the business side of interior design. So we know that we have a lot of interior designers out there who are our listeners, and we thought it would be fun to get her on the show and talk about everything she's learned in the, oh my God, there are like hundreds of episodes of your right. podcast. There's something so, I think we're heading, well, depending on when your podcast airs of this recording, I, as of real time, I'm at 357, I think, or 367. I don't know. It's insanity. Wow. And how often are you publishing? Twice a week. Twice Monday, a week. No, Tuesday and Friday. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So that keeps you busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I know that everyone listening can definitely go through your archives and like find out pretty much anything they need to know, but we thought it could be fun to do sort of like a little mini episode to kind of cover some of the basics because you're such a wealth of knowledge. We want to share that knowledge. Mm. And then maybe if they need to dive in a little more, they can go into your archive and mm-hmm. But what listen. gave you that idea of, of yeah, tra- having a podcast that's a resource for designers to help them with their businesses? Um, well, I would tell you that it came from I wanted to do a podcast. I was I have been an avid podcast listener since about 2005, 2006, something in that area, and I had I wanted to do one. There was a whole story about why I wanted to do one which I won't go into. Um, but when I knew I wanted to do a podcast, I knew that it needed to fill both the need in me that would make me persevere through. So it's like any business that you have, you have to, it has to, you have to be so passionately driven to do your business because it is so hard to be self-employed. There are so many days and times that you're just like, whatever, I'm over this. This is too hard. Right. And so I know from my experience, having been in business for almost four decades at this point, that it has to be a driving need. And so finding that cross-section of what would make me want to do something like this. And so I explored, I do. I did the same thing I tell my coaching clients. Tell me all the things you love about design. Tell me all the things you hated about design. Tell me all the kind of clients you love. Tell me the clients you don't prefer to work with. I did the same thing for myself. What are my interests? What can, what do I, well, okay. So I've run triathlons. I've done half marathons. I love yoga, all this nonsense, right? Which isn't nonsense, but I was like, could I talk about it every day? Yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if you do a half marathon like mm-hmm. I don't I'm not committed to Karen running a half marathon right, <laughs> right. so I thought well then good, it's, not, it's gonna not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> exactly so what I realized was that what I really am insanely absurdly passionate about is talking about how to run a well-run business and so then to again to what I tell everybody on the show is you got to niche down. So yeah, I could talk about business and I would and could talk about business, but does the world need another straight up business podcast? If you go to iTunes and you search business, 
Mm-hmm. Probably a hundred thousand come up, mm-hmm. and so it's the same advice that we have heard over and over again from designers and experts alike on the podcast for the last three and a half years is niche down. And so then I started to like, well, where is the cross section of my skills and talents? And I was like, well, I've been in this industry for thirty some years, and yes, actually, what I've noticed is that an interior designer's success. It's not in relation to their talent. I have had the privilege for many, many decades working with interior designers who are of average talent, but are making six figures. And I've unfortunately had the reverse where I've witnessed a des- multiple designers' careers where they and their firm are at the top of any bar, but yet struggle to be profitable. So I thought, ah, oh, sweet Jesus, we've got our cross section here. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. And that's what happened. And so that's why I did it. And it, it has been an amazing experience on all levels, personal, business, every level. It's been so fulfilling for me to encourage to learn right along with my audience things that I didn't know previously about the industry, having even though having been in a corollary industry, my primary business is I'm a window treatment professional. And um, and also the friendships and the connections like that I make, I walk in here and we're hugging each other like we mm-hmm. like we know each other, right? right? It's like, that's right, we actually haven't met in real life, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and it's that experience over and over again that's been really rewarding. What do you think is the difference between those those who are the success and those who are not? Oh, the ones who are successful mm-hmm. run a well bus- run a business. Yeah, the others just design. So they're just not thinking about the business. No, they're not thinking about it. They're not capable of it. They don't understand it. And and worst the worst part is is that when you're not sure how to run the business, that's okay. You don't have to be an expert in that, right? Mm-hmm. But. You, you have to take the responsibility to get the information right. to do mm-hmm. it. And here's the other thing. I often find designers who love designing, but don't love running the business. Right. We always say it's 80% running a business and 20% creating beautiful spaces. Well, if you're really, really not interested in the 20%, then be the most amazing senior designer for a designer who's running a good business and design all day. There's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every principal needs that person with them that they can count on, that they can know that can execute the design and the vision and speak, talk, and present at the level of their company culture. Mm-hmm. And that's a valuable thing to have. Yeah. So there's no shame in not knowing how to run a business. It's just a sin if you have one and you're not making money at it and you want to be a good business person, then you've got to find the place and the way and the skills to do it. Right, mm-hmm. outsource. So what, yeah. what do you outsource. have? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've had so many episodes. Are there things that like continually bubble to the top as I guess like pillars of, of that well-run business? Mm, definitely. Systems are number one. So, well, and actually that's not number one. Number one is figuring out just what I went through the, ex- the explanation about the podcast. Number one is figuring who and what you are, right? You know, mm-hmm. you're an interior designer, but what are you beyond that? What makes you, you? Why, why would I hire you, Sally Smith, interior designer, as opposed to, you know, John Thomas or something, right? There is something there and it doesn't have to be huge. 
It doesn't have to be this big differentiator. For some designers, a differentiator is as simple as that they come from the education field. And so that they have a much more instructional way of taking you through the design process. And for an end consumer who wants to understand every step of the way, that speaks to that person, right? And so another person's you, what makes them you, could be that, you know, they're a big picture thinker and that they present in big picture thoughts and broad strokes and you'll trust me and it'll be fine and people behind me are doing the details, but for you and I, we're big picture. And to a consumer like me, that's great. Don't bog me down in the stuff. Just tell me what you're going to do. Tell me the date you're going to do it and deliver it and move on. But You see, it's a very different experience if I'm a consumer that wants all the information along the way. So your differentiator doesn't have to be, you know, I love green sofas or, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And sometimes it is your style, right? right? So sometimes it truly is your signature style is your differentiator. But the reality is, is that like for me in the podcast, my differentiator was that I could talk business all day long and I come from an industry that is pretty notorious yeah. for being pretty poor business people. Right. <laughs> well, it's I mean, that left brain, right brain thing, right? Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Often creatives don't, A, aren't interested in B, aren't good at it. Uh, you know what? It actually crosses over. It crosses over to the medical profession. Mm-hmm. It crosses over to um, graphic design. It crosses over to many, many professions that take that high level of creativity in order to be successful because the education that you're given is so centered on your skill set on your what you need to deliver as a product to your right. end consumer and they, they don't teach doctors how to run businesses either right but you know the difference of a doctor's office that runs like a ship and the other one that your appointment's at 11 and maybe they'll see you at 3 30. right right yeah. big difference and yeah. that's because they're not running the business of their doctor's office mm-hmm. right i mean it's simple right yeah. i did uh, end up leaving my doctor one time crying and never went back because they made me wait in a paper gown for like two hours it's horrible i was pregnant at the time so we've got that (laughs) so there was that crazy going on but i was just like two hours i you know i allot a certain amount of time on my schedule and you should too it's a i'm a professional you are too let's treat each other that way it was not a (laughs) well-run business he might be an awesome doctor but he's not. And the thing is doctors usually have, you know, built in the mechanism for the office administrator Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff and the bookkeeper. And so designers come to it slower Mm -hmm. and they go, hmm, maybe it would be helpful if I had a bookkeeper, maybe it'd be helpful if I had an office administrator. And you definitely have to hire outside. That's another thing Mm -hmm. that you have to do. You have to hire outside of your superpower. Mm -hmm. So if you're not good at the bookkeeping, you're not good at the office admin, don't hire somebody else like you that's a great designer. Hire those people. Right. (laughs) Right. Okay, so pillar number one is niche, two is systems. Like, what kind of systems do they need? I mean, obviously, you're going to have a system for like sourcing fabrics or something like that. A computer? Maybe she needs like, means like invoicing, like yeah. oh, Quicken the, or something. The systems will have systems. The systems will have systems. I could tell you, you'll have, you'll have a broad set of systems. So there might be, um, you know, eight or 10 systems that you follow that are big picture. So incoming initial consultation, phone call. How is that handled? What information is gathered from that phone mm-hmm. call? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then 
first consultation setup. How is that handled? Do we collect money beforehand? And what is the hours that will be there? Then, then it's letter of agreement. How do we present? What, what goes along with the letter of agreement? Letter of agreement is signed. Okay, welcome packet. What goes in the welcome packet? I mean, we have we haven't even gotten to designing yet, and right. there's four overarching yeah. things that should be itemized, understood, and absolutely laid out like like clockwork, so that any person in your office could come in and execute those steps without you having to explain to them how to do it. And so like welcome packet could be, like I said, fourth step, but under welcome packet, there should be a whole thing mm-hmm. that says this goes in, this goes in, blah, 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 blah. And then you take it all the way through your project management. And uh, there was a guest on the show, Rachel Cannon from mm-hmm. Louisiana. Yeah, we've uh, had Rachel on. Uh, right, uh-huh. right, right. She said to me at one point, when I finally got my systems clear and understood them myself so well that I repeated them the same way each time, she said, my business blew up. Wow. That was the turning point because now you step in it and you you welcome somebody into your system the way it happens and everybody has clarity. Right. It's sort of like we talk a lot of, of work about brand, understanding mm-hmm. our brand, articulating our brand. Everyone in the building knows, I hope, you know, who we are as a company, how we talk, what our personality is as a brand, you know, what's appropriate, what's mm-hmm. not appropriate, um, you know, not just in the way we speak, but, you know, in kind of the tenor of the copy that you read or the way the, the bed is made in a photo. It all comes down to the personality of who we are and knowing who we are. So it kind of sort of a similar thing That's a, on a, a different scale. That's a perfect example, Karen. It's a perfect example. You you don't just say one sentence about your brand and you know send it out on a memo you right. are enunciating it over and over and you're listing it this is how we speak this is how we present this is how we do a bed you don't just take one idea your your brand system has layers of systems on how it's expressed how it's understood and how it's executed right yeah and constantly being tweaked tweaked yeah. constantly <laughs> yeah yeah, Absolutely. true. Well, you touched on something, and I, and I know this is slightly diverging, but you touched on something which is, you know, as a designer, understanding, okay, how my, how does my fee structure work? How does all that work? We've had uh, listeners write in, because we talked to so many designers, and and not having hired a designer before, not understanding how does it work. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when I'm going out, first of all, how do I find the right kind of designer that's going to fit me? Mm-hmm. And then how do I, what, what's the right way for it to work? I mean, do I... Is it cost plus or is it a fee? Like, how does it all work? Well, that's a great question, isn't it? It is like this big quagmire, the industry, because so many firms use a different business model for this. Some do flat fees, some do straight hourly, some do cost plus, right? Some split their 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 net profit on a uh, item with a client. The reality is, is that I think that as many types of principles there are, are possibly that many combinations of the way they bill and earn their money with and from their clients. And what I say to the designers that I work with, the first thing is that you have to be able to express it clearly what it is. So you have to own it, right? So if you're gonna decide that I'm going to be a net plus or I'm going to be an hourly and a net plus, whatever you, I don't really care. I say when I coach the designers, tell me how you work. Are you happy with it? I am, but this is my struggle. Okay, explain to me. One of the things that I find is not so much that there's different ways to bill and 
um, have that transaction with a client. But it's more, it's the step before that, that what a designer understands so clearly in their mind and makes clear sense to them on the billing process is not clear to the rest of us. And so for me, I'm not as attached to the way you do it, I'm, but I'm infinitely attached to can you describe it to me mm-hmm. concisely, clearly, so that I know what I'm in for. Yeah, no surprises. Yeah. Right. And that's the stumbling block. And as a matter of fact, in my group coaching, I often have them, we, we do role play. Explain to me your process. Mm-hmm. Because I have had it explained to me by dozens of designers and I usually takes me 10 questions to wait, well, what happens in this case and what happens in that? And what a designer needs to do is be able to say, this is how my fee structure works. It's this, 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 because it's not so much that a potential client is always wanting you to do it their way as the client's way. It's more if a potential client has had experience with a designer before and they've been through it and that designer build them a certain way. When you explain your way, if it doesn't line up with the way they did it before and they can't understand it, that's usually when they're gonna come back and say, well, I'd rather you do it this way. Right, yeah. The way um, that's familiar. Well, to answer right. your question, Karen, yeah. I one of my friends is an interior designer, and I wanted her help on something. And she, and I think a lot of designers do this, they have multiple ways that they'll bill you. Depending on your project. So depending on your project, mm-hmm. right. And so, like, a lot of them maybe do, like, a, you know, cost plus, whatever, but then that you can also hire them hourly. So, say, for example, you have a bunch of fabrics that you've pulled and you want to have, you know, you want editing them or something yeah like you want to figure out what should go on what piece and how do they all work together you could hire them hourly so i think that was what okay. our right isn't that what our the person writing in was really wondering yes. like how does it work if you don't have if you know that you don't have the budget to hire someone for a full project mm-hmm. to do the full room how can you get a little bit of advice without having to do full service right and i think too making sure that you're transparent with the designer here's what i've got here's my budget you know it's no need to be embarrassed if you don't have a hundred thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars you know like i I, i've got 500 bucks i need you to help me edit down these fabrics yeah well and uh, okay here's another um person that we've talked to that natalie nassar she was this a stylist for us and we've worked with her a lot but she was um, talking about doing some styling for people and she will just come over and do your bookshelves and she'll say like okay well i'll bill you for an afternoon yeah right and and she'll prop shop and bring it in and style right. it out for you yeah or right. use whatever you have and mm-hmm. and just kind of put that finishing touch on your room and that could be something maybe that you kind of get that designer perspective without right because often know. it's that finishing touch that yeah. really makes it yeah, yeah. Makes right. it shine. Yeah, a lot of designers will have a block of hours that they'll sell, and mm-hmm. you could use it for anything you want. So a consumer listening who really does just need the finishing touches put on mm-hmm. a room or take my three rooms and make the best out of them, move my stuff around. Do I have the mirror in the wrong place? A lot yeah. of designers will come in, and it might be half-day design designer for a day or designer for a half-day mm-hmm. or a block of right. five hours. And that's a very clear, straightforward, and valuable service, right? Yeah. For people who really know that they can look into the Balor catalog and I know what I love. I just don't know where to put it once right. I got it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or yeah. the what what scale if I'm looking yeah. at the Balor catalog, which 
light is right? Is it the 20 inch round, the 26 inch size, <laughs> yeah, sure. right? Yeah. Sure. And that's where the designer's input is extremely helpful. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then here's just one more thing. And uh-huh. I was thinking of from Will, because Will has told me this before too. And I don't know if this is actually good business advice, but just from the <laughs> client perspective, if maybe they don't have a process for what you want, like if whatever her, I can't remember what her name was, but um, this person writing in, if she has something in particular that she's thinking of, if you found a designer that you really liked their work, reach out to them and just ask. Right. I mean, the worst they can say is no, but they might know someone that could would would help you do it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Like That's, you have to ask people. Yeah. And they well, okay, so you had a great episode recently that I really enjoyed about the Verbo designer. Oh, Jessica Deuce, yes. And so this person only does interior design for vacation rentals. And um I feel like it was kind of I don't know why this I've never heard it called that. I thought I've always called it VRBO, but you said Verbo, and I feel like y'all yeah. are. Oh uh, well, I mean, I you know what you I don't know. Call me out on it. I we've oh, had I a know. Verbo listing. We just always all call it Verbo, but I know it's VRBO, oh, but it's just we just call it Verbo. <laughs> well, I mean, that's well, I don't know, am I the only too, one? So. Oh, she did too. Okay, okay. So. am I the only one? No, no she did. But I, okay. I remember. I remember. I I really was like. Is what that, that is? It? At like, first, I was like listening. That? I was like, "What's a verbo?" <laughs> uh, Vacation uh, rental by owner. <laughs> it is funny when you take. You know, that is one thing that you do have to remember. I used the term the other day on uh, something, and I said, "Oh, a VA, blah blah blah." And somebody said to me, "What's a VA?" And I was like, "Oh, it's a virtual assistant." I like I, you. You do forget what it's. This is to my point to interior designers. You forget what you know so easily. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. you understand your process and the part that you forgot to say, you're like, oh, I would get back to that. But that's my thing. Explain it with clarity mm-hmm. in one shot. And yeah. then you're much less likely to get pushback from a consumer on, well, could you do this or could you do that? The consumer wants to understand it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. We had a contractor and it's when you, like when you renovate and it definitely, my husband, who knows a good bit about business, definitely like in the end of the process, literally like sat him down and was like coaching him Let on things, being like, "You, you're not giving. I don't know what I'm getting. You're, do, you know, every, marking up like because he just couldn't be like, you know, he'd be like, well, how much to do this, and and instead of you know, it'll be this for this or this or this. It was very much like he just difficult. He didn't have a system. He didn't have a system. He didn't have, he a, didn't system. have a system. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he and, didn't have a system. And when when somebody comes could, in with a system. And they come in with the talent as well. I mean, he probably yeah. was very talented, right? But when a designer enters into an, uh, a negotiation, a conversation, a potential contract with a consumer, and they not only have talent, but they can sit there and enunciate the system, mm-hmm. it's just, it just speaks to the consumer like I'm in good hands. Yeah, so you buy it. You completely right. buy it. I believe it. you. Right. You probably mm-hmm. get more service. Because you're like, yes, you know what you're doing. Exactly. I trust you. And you're going to recommend them to other people. Yeah, right. And oh, I yeah. find Where that. I wouldn't. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And what I find is that designers resist this, unfortunately. They sometimes want to look for the big reason why they are struggling with being successful or profitable. Um, my Instagram isn't large or I don't do Facebook lives. And so often it that's we're not there yet mm-hmm. lock this up right and like rachel cannon said as soon as she did that 
it just flipped her business right. on its head. And then, yes, you want to take it from a $300,000 annual revenue sales business a year to a million or a, or a million and a half. Yeah, now let's get going on Instagram and let's add yeah. these things. But the, the first step isn't, I have to have a big Instagram or I'm not going to have any clients. That's not the first step. Well, right. I would also yeah. imagine it gives you more time. If you have a system, it frees up time where you can actually design more. Exactly. Or Built, you know, take photos Look for Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> exactly. You know, but if you're yeah. spending all this time, but you time can spend spending... the time doing the things you like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The reason you're in that business, exactly. like you can focus on. Plus, yeah. I would imagine it's your a talents. huge word of mouth business. You know, you tell your someone walks into your home, or you gotcha. tell, and you talk about that experience, and everybody else wants it. Well, we had someone in here today, and so many of his clients are so high end, mm -hmm. he can't publish them. Yes. So how does he advertise that? That's so, but it's all word of mouth That's right. and it works. <laughs> yeah. Yes, if you're, yeah. if you're running a, a smooth project and the client is having a terrific client experience, we're gonna make an assumption that the design is going to be delivered well, right? Right, right. It's, but it's the client experience that creates the repeat client and the referral. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, but what were you going to say about Jessica and the Verbo? We got you oh, sidetracked. Well, I was just we. That was not a, and that was not a niche that she like in, went into intentionally. Right. And so someone asked her like, "Hey, can we fly you to Oregon to mm -hmm. work on this rental space?" And if they hadn't asked her, then right. that now it's all of her. All of her business okay. is this vacation rental. She does, she works actually for the, I think it was the builder. The, she the, has a combination models with the property management company and the builders, like different places that the referrals are coming through at this point. Right, right? so it's like, it's almost her entire business now. Yes. Whereas if these people hadn't asked her and then, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't something that she was like, oh, you know what's a niche that I should get into is vacation right. rentals. Right, right. She it followed just her intuition. Yeah. The opportunity came and she followed right. it and explored it mm -hmm. and, and went with it and took right. a risk. Right, so yeah. I don't know. I, you just you have to ask, I guess. That's it. And yeah, that's true. It. true. True, true, true. So. so how do you how how would you recommend um someone who's looking for a designer to find the right fit? Mm. Well, it's funny because I do think it does start with your your friends and family network, right? Mm -hmm. it, even it's the same with looking for a doctor or a yoga studio that you like. Um, you want to know. Uh, for me, I think that you want to evaluate anybody that you know that's used a designer. What does the place look like? If you're a family with three kids and two dogs, can can you live in that design? Does the designer understand what your needs are? Um, and then it is that question. What mm -hmm. was the process like working with this designer? Did you understand it? Were they clear? Were the invoices timely? How were problems handled? So these are the, the finding the referral is one thing, but so the referral, and you actually can find through Instagram. I know a lot mm -hmm. of designers are finding clients through Instagram. Uh, so, but I just think that if you are a consumer and you have found some ideas on who to call, whether it's through Instagram or it's Facebook or it's your local network of friends and family. Once you've got those rec recommendations, 
don't just evaluate the design. Mm-hmm. Evaluate the process. Uh-huh. Right. Meet them. Meet them. Talk out, to them. Right. See if you click. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to click. There's no question. It's just like you're going to be. Look, if you do a one-off project, you buy a block of three hours. Please style my bookcase and freshen up my living room. Okay. You know, at the end of it, if you're not so thrilled with each other, it was an afternoon. Mm-hmm. But for most larger design projects, yeah. you're going to be involved yeah. together for several months, and it's very intimate. It is. Yes. You know, they're in your bedroom in your closet going it's through your truth. stuff it, it's it's a little crazy pants what we see when we work with people in their homes <laughs> don't you want to tell us some examples <laughs> i mean it's nuts you know it is it's it's you're you're in somebody's home even me for window treatments i don't have near the depth of a long-standing relationship with a client on a single project the way a designer does but there are projects that do go on longer and can be more involved and you know you have an appointment at two o'clock on tuesday well two o'clock on tuesday when you walk in they could just be finishing up a full-blown argument with their husband right you know you're meeting them in their house you're not meeting them at starbucks where they can you know collect themselves right and yeah. lock it down right yeah. and so there's even a protocol to that to not embarrass them and have them lose face and it's it there's a lot to being an interior designer it's yeah. a lot it's a big job yeah <laughs> sounds well, hard maggie griffin talked about um she one of our guests she um went to georgia and got an interior design degree but she also i think was like a psychology major mm-hmm. yes and she talks about how so helpful. she talked on the show about how <laughs> like that was as important to her business as the interest <laughs> the truth. Tell me how you feel. <laughs> well, also, it's it's all, all I think often scary to redecorate. It's out of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and there you have to trust that person to d- deliver something that you're going to be comfortable a paying for and be living with for a long time. Exactly. And and you know, I can attest even when I'm just trying to bring something into my own home that my husband isn't 100 percent buy into you know and it's like you need to trust me and of all the people in the world you think he'd trust me but he's like "Mm, i don't know about that lady right and then then, and what happens is the um, half hour ago at the store you were all about it and then when he gives you the side eye on it you feel insecure in that exact Mm -hmm. moment right even if you know it's gorgeous you have this moment of well, maybe it isn't gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I picked the wrong thing. And so every consumer is going to experience that also, even when they are hiring a qualified interior designer. And so that's very important for a designer to understand that we objectively can understand that something that is, has been delivered mm-hmm. is beautiful, it's in scale, it's proportion. Your consumer client could love it, but the first time her mother-in-law walks right. in, her sister oh, walks yeah. in, her neighbor, there could be this moment of, is it really beautiful? Right. And depending mm-hmm. on your client, they could get completely swayed. So there right. is a whole lot of psychology involved, <laughs> yeah. is the truth, is to get them back off the ledge. Yeah. But, yeah. Th- but we're talking to consumers here with your show. So I would say to a consumer, if you've taken the time to find an interior designer, that your, their portfolio does speak to you and that you've done the homework of calling their references and they and that you've met with them, then, then do place your trust there. Mm. That's the whole point of this. Place your trust, let the project be completed and you know, understand that it's, it's 99.9% of the time it's been executed technically and beautifully perfect. Uh-huh. Do you find that most of your, um, most designers that you talk to, do they do a room reveal all at once or do they install things um, like gradually? Gradually, yeah. 
It, what I found interestingly is the the more seasoned they become, the more they go to that model. And Which so, one, the reveal one? I'm sorry, right. They go mm-hmm. to the reveal model. And I will tell you that almost to a one, an experienced seasoned designer will say that is the only way to go. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, recently on the show, I had Ellie Morose of Westfield, New Jersey on, and she is one of the very first designers that I've spoken with. And I always have to do my disclaimer. Somebody else may be doing it. I just wasn't aware of it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> she was one of the very first designers that I've, I've ever spoken with that told us how with her second project, she went to the full reveal install. Mm. And that's highly unusual to stand Mm -hmm. in your space at that new. And I said to her, so Ellie, okay, so doing a full room, but if a designer is doing a room refresh, maybe they're just going to put in um, an area rug, style the bookcases, maybe replace the lamps and some pillows. Same thing. She says a hundred percent. She said, bring it all at once. And she said, because so often a piece by itself is not the, it doesn't right. feel right. right. It needs its surrounding yeah. pieces mm-hmm. to feel right. And the client that is has less experience with design and is less inclined to trust right away. And so as a moment ago, imploring your listeners to trust their designer, right? But until you have experienced that full trust and know that you get all the way there, They'll look at that piece for three weeks, mm-hmm. wait, sure. and, and t- sure that you ruined yeah. their room. You yeah. know, like it's funny, don't you? And know it's how- expensive. It is, yeah. you know. And so they're at Ajita, and then of course here comes all the, the 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 all the voices, all the people. Oh, you got that piece? You like that? You know, your designer picked that piece. That's horrible. That's too big. And you, by the time the next pieces come, you're mm-hmm. you you're, yeah, you're in you a hate hole. it. You're <laughs> in a hole. I mean, did your mom raise you with the saying, "You got to try the dress on"? Right? I don't know. You guys, none of you, none uh-huh. of you know. I don't know that saying, but. I, I get the sentiment. <laughs> oh, I could just always remember my mom bringing me racks and racks when I was in middle school, you know, looking for a dress. Yeah. And I'd be like, ew, ew. She's like, you have to put it on. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. You, you hold the dress on the rack and you're like, forget it. But you put it on, you're like, huh. Oh, yeah. It's pretty darn good. Yeah. And that's the, the equivalent of the reveal. Right. <laughs> I love this dress. I'll take it home. When you get home, you're like, no. Ooh, no, right. Uh, no. Yeah. Yep. And that's the equivalent of the re- the reveal. You need it. And the dress, you need it with the heels and the Spanx and everything to really make sure it's right, right? <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> Got to get a Spanx on, too. Got well, to fully ready. Oftentimes, a room, it's like a, a song, right? Or a, a, mm, an orchestra or a symphony or something. You know, all those parts, when you pull them apart, they don't sound good by themselves and they need all their supporting cast to really fill it in and that's the talent that an interior designer brings to be able to do that to look at these individual pieces and know that it's going to create music when it's in that's so cool yeah um well let's talk a little bit i so i know that like obviously systems are important what are there any other like how does one get the word out there i mean obviously there's instagram or whatever but how how do you get your work published? Because I know that's something that a lot of des- designers aspire to mm. and they feel like it's going to mm. make a huge difference. But have the people you've talked to found that that does make a difference in their business? Or is it more just like a pat on, you know, and sort nice of, to have? Yeah. Mm. I think it depends on why you want to be published personally. Mm-hmm. Um, there, With almost everything that you do in your business, you have to say, why am I doing this? Why am I investing my money and my dollars mm-hmm. in doing this? Mm-hmm. And so what I do 
think that has been well established on the show by designer after designer, new, seasoned, everything in between, and experts, is that it is important to have professional photography from the beginning and to budget for it, figure it out, and make it happen from the beginning. Now, the reason for that is so that when somebody does find your website, if somebody is referred to you, they can come and they can see the visual proof of your aesthetic, okay, and of your talents and your capabilities. Beyond that, if you aspire to be published, then of course you're going to need that body of work also expressed in professional photography. But to be published, yes, there is something about being published that is just feels fabulous. There's no question. It feels fabulous. Yay. Somebody outside acknowledged me and my work. Right. And that's awesome. Um, But as far as translating to real clients, Mm -hmm. the trick is, is that it's the smaller the market you want. It's it, until you are Miles Red or Bunny. Honest to God, if you could buy your way into being an Architectural Digest and you are a, 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 a five or an eight year level interior designer mm-hmm. with tremendous talent, it's not the only thing that's gonna make somebody call you because right. the people who are calling the Architectural Digest designers are first asking their friends about you. Right. Have I they mean, heard we of know you? that, right? <laughs> we know that. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here in New York City. I've done work for these designers off and on over the years. And they don't find the, these designers out of a magazine. That is the confirmation mm-hmm. of who my designer is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, doesn't mean somebody at that level doesn't find a designer in a magazine at that level, but they still are going to pick up a phone and say, oh, did you hear la la la, right? <laughs> so, but where it's actionable for somebody to really build their business as opposed to the icing on the cake and to keep a business at the multi-million dollar level going, right? Is that lower, that, that, that regional market? And that is uh, okay. important. Like a regional magazine. Regional mm-hmm. magazines, regional um, publications, both digital and print. Because mm-hmm. the reality is, is you want a client in your region. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's the point of being in a national magazine if yeah. you need to do business in Charlotte? Yeah. I have right? to ask you about that. I was, I was mentioning this to Caroline earlier today, that... A lot of uh, designer websites that I've looked at lately don't say where they're located. Mm. And so it made me think, well, they must not want to pigeonhole themselves in Charlotte or Nashville mm. or LA or Florida. They want to appear to be, you know, and I'll, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. Right. Is that what's happening? Because when we were coming to New York, I was like, well, I want to, you know, find a few designers that we love, that we have synergies with that are in New York. Mm-hmm. And you can't figure out <laughs> if they're in New York. I know. I, it's a mistake. Quite frankly, it's a mistake. It's a mistake from SEO standpoint, first of all. Mm. Every expert that we've had on the show that has discussed SEO has said your town that you're in not only should be on your contact page, but it should be on every footer. Mm-hmm. You know, Nashville, Tennessee, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's number one. And there are ways to express beyond where your studio or main office is located that you will do e-design if that's what you're trying to do Mm -hmm. or that you will actually travel for design yeah so but um just from a straight technical seo standpoint because even if you are interested in uh, unless you're interested in exclusively e-design 
Okay, that's a different story, right? right? Yeah. But assuming that you are interested in work in your local area and in addition would take work somewhere else, then how do I know if you're in my local area? Right. I need to know that. And I, for me, somebody that is like you are, Karen, looking at tons and tons of interior designers' websites, it makes me crazy when there's two things I often can't find. I can't find their name <laughs> or where they're located. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes me nuts. Well, think about it. If you were going to actually hire an interior designer, be like living here in or well, living in Atlanta. We're not in Atlanta now, but I would, the first thing I would Google is Atlanta, Atlanta interior designer. designers. Yeah, <laughs> hello, SEO. So I mean, yeah. yeah, like you have to think: how does the person find you? What's the key? I mean, that's yeah. the essence of. SEO. What's right. the key word that someone's going to use right. to find my service? Right. Unless yeah. you're trying to be yeah. hidden. Yeah. Well, and right. that's just what it is. And I feel like some of these things are when you are often designers at the beginning of the, their career are creating their websites themselves because mm. you know a, a, a intelligent person can go on a WordPress site and create it. Right. Um, I'm not. I can't do that, but people tell me that Caroline they can do does it. it. Caroline can do it, right? <laughs> um, and so the thing is, that's where that a little bit of knowledge is a great thing, but not awesome because yeah. you're not a, a website mm-hmm. expert. You're right. an interior designer. Right. right. Yeah. You. That's where that comes in, and it's almost. It's really, frankly, the exact analogy of a homeowner who is picking from your catalog and putting it all together, and it looked great in your catalog, and they get it in their yeah. house, and they're like, "What the heck is this hot mess?" <laughs> Well, you didn't know about scale. You didn't know about proportion. You didn't know yeah. about so. And it's the same with a designer creating their own website. Yeah. Yes, Leave it sometimes you have to do it, but at least pay for a consultation. Yeah. To to yeah. pull it together. I have a pet peeve. Want to hear it? Do it. Yeah. Designers' websites when you can't get their photos big and the photos are tiny. I'm like, that's the one thing on your site that to me matters mm. is those pictures of the rooms that you've done, those okay. images. Can I ask you a question? Mm. How many photos of a project do you want? As many as they can fit? No, no. gets redundant. Mm-hmm. I'd say 10 max, depends how big the project is. If it's got 12 rooms, you know, but. If it's a living room, we don't need 10 pictures room, of no. the living room. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. What about and you, from different angles. Well, I was gonna say, if give me as many as possible, and if I get bored, then I'll, I'll quit. Mm-hmm. See, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm less is sometimes. I mean, don't put a hundred on there, but don't <laughs> limit yourself to like four when it's a big space and you have twenty gorgeous shots of something different. Now, do you, you know have I mean? insider information that people are withholding beautiful imagery from you? <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> she must. She must. Well, the reason I ask this is because Will's <laughs> Will's firm is doing their website, and I guess it's a debate. One person on their debate. team was like, "Let's only put four photos for project," and he was like, "This is a." Will was asking me about this, yes. and I was like, "This is a huge park." Like, yeah, there's lots what, of why. Spaces. Why would you only put four photos on there when it's a massive space? Like, if someone gets bored with those four photos, then they'll just. It's a website. It's not like hmm. you have to go through every single one to get to the next thing. Mm. Like they'll just shut down the, the slideshow and move on. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, you're right. Like I wouldn't want Four's like, not you don't need four project. angles of the yeah. same park bench, but like if it's all different sh- angles, different seasons, different well, whatever. They're telling then, you know. a story, right? So they're telling the story yeah. of that project in that park. And there's a way to curate those images, even if say there's 20 there's a way to curate the the journey of looking through those images. So some are up tight and close, some are far yeah. back, some are, you know, down mm-hmm. a pathway, some are a big vista, you know, and yeah. 
that should be part of I think the thought process too when they're putting them in there so that you're you're taking someone through a, a mm-hmm. visual right. journey right 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 they can hire me perspective on that I love that <laughs> I do because as Caroline was describing 20 pictures I'm thinking I don't want to see 20 pictures <laughs> but when you described it if you're walking me through and they make sense one brings me to the next now I want to see what the mm-hmm. next picture is mm-hmm. well that's why you're the branding expert mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why Karen Karen is a graphic designer so yes, that's your trade. perspective yes. yeah. that's actually yeah <laughs> that's her business that's it that is what I started at <laughs> well, okay, I don't know where I read this or maybe Bunny talked about it on the show but she did um, to your point and she basically was saying like talking about starting her business early on and I don't know if it was Albert someone gave her the advice hire someone that's better than you Mm. at the stuff you don't want to do so if you don't enjoy accounting hire someone that is better at you than again like exactly yeah fill your weakness exactly you definitely always hire to your weaknesses Uh, in any role absolutely any Mm -hmm. job any role don't be afraid of people smarter than you no (laughs) we need make you look good that's right we need them we need them and Mm. and there's no shame in it we are not all you can't know everything Mm -mm. Yeah. You know, no. as the much best as I thing tell you can do is do. know <laughs> what you don't know, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing you don't know is big. Good point. <laughs> well, should we answer questions? Yes. Speaking of not knowing everything, yes. we can answer some listener dilemmas. Oh, fun. You can show us your knowledge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, our first one is from Pam. And she says... We are moving into a new home in less than a month. I'm starting to gather ideas for the living room and would love your input. The furniture and the attached pictures of the room are the sellers and not staying. The room has a built-in bookcase, entertainment center, and fireplace on adjacent walls. I'm thinking of getting a Chesterfield sofa and love seat to face the fireplace in the entertainment center as it will have a television. I already have two navy blue wingback chairs, which are in storage right now, so I don't have a picture. I picked up a piece of artwork recently at a yard sale for $20. I'd love to put it above the fireplace, but I'm afraid it's too small. It is 31 by 25. Um, The artwork has blue, white, green, and gold in it. I was thinking of incorporating gold accents in the room, like maybe a sunburst mirror or some sort, and was also considering blue and white ginger jars. I have a few shelves to fill in the entertainment center. Wondering your thoughts on these and what you would do for rugs, pillows, window treatments to incorporate with the honeycomb blinds. Despite all the, all, despite all these ideas, I have. I'm ready. I'm very designed challenged, challenged as I am. <laughs> your reader challenged, challenged yes. currently. Okay, I, I have to describe this room. First of all, it's ginormous. It looks like a ginormous room. So. Yeah. That's already a big obstacle for me to, you know, design around. It's a very, very large room. Like she said, one wall has a fireplace, a very large fireplace flanked by two two-story windows. Mm-hmm. It looks like huge. Mm-hmm. And then the other wall is a big old built-in bookcase um, that has a big television in the center and then two flanking. Um, and you walk right into this room from your, again, ginormous front door with a very large sort of two-story Palladian window over the front door. So it's quite spacious mm-hmm. i'm glad that our window decor expert is here to help us with this too yeah. because i feel like the windows are a big challenge yes and you can also it's also open through an arch to a dining room that's painted a different color it's painted sort of a rusty orange color and this room is painted sort of a butter yellow color and kitchen that's and what you're talking about 
Wait, wait, where's the kitchen? Well, it's behind the dining room. You're just looking. Oh, I don't have my glasses on. Sorry. She thought it was a rusty color. That's the oh, cabinets. those are cabinets. That's like That's a cherry cabinets. Yes. I thought that was I the walls. I did it first room. as well. I have to say, but I really need to get my glasses. Those are kitchen cabinets. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm like flipping back and forth. I'm like, what? Where are those <laughs> cabinets? I, was like, I don't see room? it either. I'm like, no, she's so actually talking about the kitchen, kitchen. cabinets. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. It's a yeah. big space. I like her piece of art that she purchased. It's very pretty. It has pretty colors in it. I do think it's too small. but It's way too small for those walls. Mm-hmm. Okay, you go ahead. Yeah. You're the expert. Give us some ideas. Well, first of all, I'm so glad that this is the furniture from the cellar and not our, yeah. our <laughs> listener, right? Yeah. That sofa because looks like it has a thyroid problem. How about how crazy the sofa looks blocking the front door? Yeah. Mm. It's like, a giant room sectional. is 100 by 100. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but this is what, a yeah. 25 or 30 by 25 or 30 foot room, and we've got the sofa jammed up against the front door, practically blocking it as you come in. And there's in. 12 feet between the coffee table and the fireplace. Yeah. Push it all up six feet. It's bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, um, window treatments definitely, I, this is this is a funny thing because I wrote a blog post about three years ago, and I'm not a blogger. I think I've written three or four blog posts for my WindowWorks website in my entire life. Every other one there was somebody else wrote it. I hired them to write. But when I first thought, okay, we got to write blog posts, the first one of the first blog posts I wrote was on transom windows. Mm-hmm. And why did I pick that one? Because I didn't want to write a blog post, but I wanted to, I had to, I had to pick something that it would make me fired up enough to write it. <laughs> and I thought, I like well, it. what makes me crazy in window treatments? Well, you know what makes me either super happy or su- super mad in window treatments is transom windows. And these drapes do not belong under this transom window. With a room this grand and this outstanding, this scale has to go all the way up. It totally is the drapery line should be up over the top arch window. There could be a soft Roman shade, a see-through sheer Roman shade in that uh, top arch window coming down to just diffuse sun, but still see the trees and the sky through it. And then drapery panels flanking it and then repeat on the bottom, either sheer draperies made out of the same material as the Roman shade or another Roman shade, even though they're sliding glass doors. Um, So that's my two cents on the window treatments. Mm -hmm. You girls have a field day with the furniture. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think at the very least she has to divide this into two space at like at least have multiple seating areas just because having like the bigger your room the mm. answer is not have a bigger sofa right no, I think that's no. what people think but it doesn't Mm-mm. like this Mm-mm. sofa is just it so makes she, me sad she's thinking chesterfield sofa and love feet seat to face the fireplace and entertainment center so that makes a lot of sense yes. although yeah. i can't quite figure out okay so one will face the sofa right. and one will face entertainment center so yes. she's right. going to make like a an L or yes. something. Yeah. And don't think about the size of your room when you're placing this. Think about what feels comfortable together. Push it all mm. close up yeah. to um, the television and the fireplace or whatever it is you're orienting yourself towards. Right. And and then you're going to have a lot of space behind it, which is fine. Right. Put a sofa table behind right. that. Yeah. Um, so you can have a beautiful moment when you walk in your front door with some great statement lamps. Uh, maybe a big piece of sculpture or something on the that. ginger jar she's talking yeah. about mm-hmm. that she likes. Exactly. Right. Those would be great. And, yeah. and then you could, I mean, if she, if she, could she use that art over the fireplace? No. If she partnered mm-hmm. it up with no. sconces, no, no, way too small. No, that she room's needs just something too tall. Statement. Scale yeah. that like, scale is true. so it big. It is very, very tall. But it could she be could get like work. a four foot mirror. In other words, couldn't she build? You know, almost like a what do they call that? Um, Trumeau. 
you know, where you trim it and you frame it to be, right. you know, you know what I'm talking about. You could make it bigger. <laughs> oh yeah. She could get <laughs> so rid that of, you make yeah. the, the wall feel yeah. smaller by framing it with millwork. Mm-hmm. And now the, the smaller uh, art can fit inside mm-hmm. of it. Or a huge mat and a huge frame. Or like, no. like giant mirror and what? lean her little piece of art there on the mirror. How about that? Oh, okay. Like that a little, little maybe work. thing on the mantle. Right? Like yeah. say for instance, our grand palais mirror, right? It's yes. big and it mm-hmm. would sort of echo the arch of those windows mm-hmm. potentially. And then you could lean your little piece of art right there that would pull all your color scheme together and it would feel appropriately yeah. sized potentially. Here's, I love here's that. the thing though, I think about okay, if you have a piece of art that's really not that big and this isn't that huge. Right. I feel like this is a really nice piece and if you really love it, then give it its own place to shine and make it somewhere where you can like mm-hmm. get up see close it. to yeah. it and look at it, see the brushwork or whatever it is. Like I would mm-hmm. put it almost like in this entryway or right like on one door. of these walls under or a, in a powder great room. chair or in a powder room. I or love pretty art in a powder yeah. room. It's a great like size that. for a powder, powder room. And you know too. she's got one right yeah. here. There's got to right. be one right there. Have that whole color scheme carry into your powder room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. I think she needs to. One thing that I thought could be cute is maybe like a pair of club chairs or something tucked right up next to the sofa, like even facing each other, you know. Behind like, it, you mean? Behind you the sofa? sofa? Oh, I'm sorry. I meant fireplace. fireplace. Yes. Well, she's yes. got the two that wing chairs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like, right. I would love two wing chairs by that right. fireplace. Right, right, like, right. Facing right. Into when each you other. come yeah. in, that's what you kind of see is that moment. Uh-huh. And they've got a table between them in front of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she needs to plan her room planner. That's, we say that, that every is, time. Yeah. <laughs> it's true every time. <laughs> but with a scale this big, she very much needs yeah. to figure out how many little groupings she can do to make yeah. this room read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listen to the episode with Miriam. Mm-hmm. That talks about what did she call them? Like uh, I can't remember what term she used, but like having these seating pods in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. the, you can only live in so much space before you feel too far away from everyone you're try- well, trying right. to relate Look at this to. Picture yeah. how like are you got to send a smoke signal to talk to that right. guy in the corner over <laughs> that there? Chair over there. Hey, all by hey, hey, hey! How are you? <laughs> hey, blue chair. And even though, like, yeah, a big TV would be far away. Like. Can they see the TV that right. far back? Yeah, right. This is maybe a room where we would suggest a bigger television. <laughs> <because> <laughs> First try for everything, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, she's lucky she's got a beautiful <laughs> dining room. I'm just kidding, kitchen. Um, <laughs> right up. It does look like a great livable space. What about a rug, you guys? Does she need a rug in there? Yes, she's got carpet. So. so she could put a natural fiber on top of that or something. To again, to space. pull. Yeah, or is it, yeah, or together. does it have that same blue that her, her chairs have, you know, that yeah. helps? bring that yeah. story again mm. maybe yeah or with the pillows remember she was yeah. asking for suggestions on pillows the pillows could have uh, patterns or geometric yeah. with these colors of the art i do think having th- you could pull that total color scheme out of your art and, and we do that all the time at mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. um yeah. and it makes it really will make your project simpler yeah. because yeah. you can look at that art and you can say okay it's 60% blue and 20% gold and 30% sort of this foresty green and kind of echo that color scheme yeah. mm-hmm. in your room, mm-hmm. whatever, whether it's the fabrics or the rugs or whatever. And that's going to give you that same pleasing mix as yeah. you're, as you're vibing on in It'll your heart. You edit. Yeah. Caroline, you just need to do your little like send them the product. You're very good about like pulling even from a little collage, a together. plan. Oh. You're oh, really like good at the little, yes. Oh, she does a nice job like using our product to be like, and you know, it takes like are, four seconds. Yeah. Wow. She knows. I'm right glad now. you think it takes four seconds. <laughs> you make it look like it's effortless. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank well, you. Luann, one question we had to ask you that we 
aren't going to have time for, but we can put in our show notes is maybe you can send me like three episodes that you feel like anyone who's just found your podcast and they're a designer and they want to work on their business. Like what are, okay. Or, or <laughs> 10. Or 10. Or 10. Three, you know, 22. three to seven. That'd be great. So they a can great. just link to yeah. it and we okay. can just say like, Hey, here's a little like starter. Starter, okay. starter, starter package. Pack. Okay. Yeah. I actually have an episode. I can do a new one for you guys, but I actually do have an episode that is called, um, the six collections or something that you shouldn't miss if you're new to the podcast. Oh, there you go. So I All think right. it might have come out for my 200th or my 300th show. Okay. Might have been All the right. 300th Great. episode. One thing I want to make sure that you understand as listeners understand is I, I have over 300. The iTunes only will go, will only carry 299 episodes. So to get to back episodes, you've got to go to my website, luannigara.com and then go okay. on the podcast tab and then put in your search the, the designer that you wanted to hear or hear. You know, Interesting, Marie yes. Flanagan's been on, Chad James, you know, some of these okay. designers. All right, cool. Good, good to know. All right, so luannagara.com, Instagram. You have a well-designed, and you have a well-designed business too, don't you have two? Uh, Did no, I make that up? No, okay. no, 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 no. I imagine Lu- it. The Instagram is luannagara. Okay. Facebook is a well-designed business. Okay. All right. And then, of course, the website is luannigara.com. And look in your podcast app, obviously, for a well-designed business. That's right. Yes. And um, and go listen to our episode. That's right. And you can see it, too. On yes, that's channel. right. Yeah, it's on my YouTube channel, which is a well-designed business. So we are, all of us you yep. know, recorded live while we were doing it. Yes, it's, we put on our lipstick. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. It's fun, though. I'm also like... <laughs> Real pregnant. So if you want to see that. Just about due. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. And of course, subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone. The show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And follow us on social media. And very exciting news. The How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your life will be so much happier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Happy happy decorating. decorating.